Welcome to a crappy Monday here on Locked on Grizzlies. Not because it's just Joe Molinax as your host. I'm here with DeMichael Cole, which is fantastic. We love DeMichael, obviously. We are your co-host, but it not all is well in Memphis right now. Steven Adams out for the entire season. Not just the regular season, the season period. What does this mean for the team? Will they hold it close to the vest? Will they go out and bring outside help? All that and more. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Monday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. And forgive us if we have a case of the Mondays. Things not going particularly well for the Grizzlies at this moment in time. A very important player who, if you followed this team for any reasonable amount of time, you know how important Steven Adams is. He is out. Memphis is back at square one with the center position. And there's lots of different ways this can go over the next you know, 72 hours, much less the next yeah. several months here for the Memphis Grizzlies. Welcome to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media, joined by DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal in Memphis, Tennessee. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Check us out on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, of course. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. Please make us an everyday part of your NBA and Memphis Grizzlies content consumption. DeMichael, you had a very busy Sunday, right? And that's not necessarily out of the norm as the NBA season approaches. And I am curious because you obviously being the beat writer for the Grizzlies for the commercial appeal, you have a little bit more information than most. And I understand you may not be able to go full tilt here. The bomb that was dropped by the Grizzlies themselves, like this wasn't a Woge bomb or a Shams bomb or a Sham strike, however you want to call it. Um, It was a, you know, the team announced it, that Steven Adams is going to miss the entire season due to surgery on the PCL and his knee. Um, That surprised pretty much everyone. But I'm guessing to get to this point, it didn't necessarily surprise the Grizzlies themselves. Uh. Uh, it, it didn't surprise them as much as the rest of us, but there there was some initial, you know, uh, a shock there on that end as well. But if we would have recorded Saturday, you know, usually we, we don't record on the weekends, but, you know, we had the game on Friday. And if we were recapping that game on Saturday, uh, I think that we would have let that, that show off with Steven Adams as well from the perspective of should Grizzlies fans be concerned because he had all that time off. And he only played 27 minutes in the preseason. And he said, and he said after the last uh, preseason game, and that was kind of a red flag uh, in itself right there. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, you kind of hindsight is always 2020 in these situations. I always have to say that because, but at the same time, if you look back and you remember what we were talking about on here in, in Steven Adams's words, Steven Adams kept saying, everyone kept saying, hey, are you are you going to be ready to start in the regular season? Or are you going to be ready to play this many games or that many games? And Steven Adams kept saying, hey, I'm taking it day by day. And usually 
Joe, that's cliche talk, right? You know, we hear that coaches say it all the time, players, hey, day by day. But Steven Adams literally meant this thing is day by day. There were still ongoing uh, flare-ups in the knee and things like that. And it was literally a day-by-day basis. We talked about how he fully participated in scrimmages. There was the whole ramp-up period and things like that. But his knee, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't – you know, responding to the level that he wanted, to the level that the Grizzlies wanted, where they felt comfortable going into this regular season, still having similar flare-ups uh, from last year. And, you know, it, it just got to the point where he had to get this surgery. And I want people to understand this too. I'm, we're going to get into it a little bit deeper. But with this surgery, this isn't some, you know, this is a four- to six-month thing, not even really projected to be six to eight months. Uh, Joe, this is projected to be 10 to 12 months. This is a significant injury. This, this is, is a significant si- surgery. And, and he's a big man. We talk about big men, knee injuries, and everything in between. I kind of know, you know, based on what you've said about Brandon Clark, where you may be leaning a little bit later on. But I, I'm going to let you say it for yourself because if lock, people been following Locked on Grizzlies, they probably can figure that out. But uh, without going much into what you may be saying there, uh, I just think that, People have to remember a lot of people say, oh, well, why couldn't he gotten this in May and, and whatnot? Well, you know, I think, quite frankly, if you look back in May and you say, hey, look, Stephen Adams, you can get the surgery now. And guess what? You're still going to miss all of next season or we can let this thing rehab all throughout the summer and we can see, you know, if it if it responds well enough to the point where we can have you for 60 games in the regular season and a potential playoff run next year. And I think uh, Stephen Adams in that case scenario would have said, you know, yeah, let's do it. I'm, that's definitely not what happened. I'm just uh, kind of talking it from a retrospective uh, point of view here, basically saying this. Uh, Stephen Adams getting surgery in May. Steven Adams getting surgery in now, not really a big difference on the uh, long-term realm of things for the Grizzlies. And then if you go back before that, Joe, a lot of people say, oh, well, he could have got this done in March. Well, guess what? In March, there was still a possibility. We talked about it here on Locked on Grizzlies mm-hmm. for sure. There was still a possibility that he could be back for the postseason. Right. So you couldn't close that door uh, on him at that point without knowing that there was still the possibility that he could be back for the playoffs. Everything you just said is exactly why I am not as mad about this as I was Sunday morning or afternoon when it dropped. Because <laughs> you're exactly right. The the nature of the injury, right? Like when you hear about knees, and yeah. obviously you have a background in sports. I'm a, a coach in my day job. You, you hear ACL, MCL, LCL, meniscus. Those are the things that you usually associate with the knee. Yeah. The PCL is very different part of your of your knee construction that involves a lot more bones it involves a lot more movement in terms of the stability and that's one of the things that the grizzlies talked about in their release you know the the lack of stability in that region yeah that could lead to larger issues down the road than just the PCL and again that is a significant injury but you know if you have that instability not only would you have a PCL, he could blow out his entire knee. And yep. because of the weakening in that space, it could be even worse than maybe it would have normally been if that PCL was strong. So there, there's so much that, like I said, I was frustrated about it from that May perspective. 
Because I agree mm-hmm. with you with the March thing. Like you heard Taylor Jenkins talking about, oh, well, they, he can come back, right? We, we think yeah. he'll be back for the postseason. You know, it was a possibility. I, I was mad about May. And then after a little more research, because again, even with my background, I am not as familiar with the PCL. And uh, after doing <laughs> 20 minutes of research, yeah, like it wouldn't have made a difference if they had had the surgery in May. The timeline's basically the same, right? Like he would probably not have been back until training camp 2024 having the surgery in May. So doing it now makes sense and it's frustrating. It makes me more so frustrated with the front office than the medical staff. Like if you knew this was possible all along mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about, you know, towards the end of the show, if they were to go outside of the organization, but you and I know to Michael and we just approach it differently. They're not going to do a damn thing. Like nothing's going, they're not going to make a move. You, when you have your prognostications, you try to do it through the lens of Jenkins and Zach Kleiman as well. You should, I, I think that's a fine perspective. Mm-hmm. I talk about things like the way I would do them, right? Yeah. Just cause I'm, yeah. I'm crazy. Um, I, I am frustrated with the front office who knew this was a possibility. You've seen what this team looks like without Steven Adams, you know yeah. what they are. It's not like this is an uncertainty, Right. And now you're right back where you were. And yet you have nothing that you've done to try to address the problem. There is not a true big on the roster. He doesn't exist. Like Jared Jackson Jr. is not a true big. And they have to address that even though they're not going to address it. And it throws the entire season in, in jeopardy at this point. Yeah. And, you know, let's, let's, let's save some, some meat on the bone for the end. Because I want to say, say this, Joe. I'm not going to close the door. Oh, they're making a move. Me. I, I'm not going to shut the door completely on them making, you know, an outside move and adding a player to the roster. We're going to get to that later. I want to say that uh, we, I strictly right now it's more about just what Stephen Adams uh, brings to the table for this team and what they're really going to miss. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, just just to go on that point, I, I do think they'll potentially do something, and you know, one thing that that's kind of was stuck in the back of my head is yes, they didn't do nothing, you know, that was big in the offseason. But they did create flexibility that we talked about with, you know, that traded player exception. So, then, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about how That's that, could, fair. that could come into play at some point. And now it, it's even more relevant uh, than before. But uh, Stephen Adams is a big part of this team. I've, I've seen people say, you know, when we talked about the idea of what the Grizzlies need to do now uh, – Xavier Tillman Sr., uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr., uh, outside, you know, enhancements, whatever the case may be, uh, you're not going to solely replace what he brings to the table. But the Grizzlies, because of the depth that we talked about, because of the depth we're going to continue to talk about on this show, they put themselves in a position to to take a blow like this and kind of put themselves in position to still be relevant. I I think you're right. Again, they could go small. They could go big. They could do a lot of different things in terms of actually addressing the problem. But will they actually happily be talked out of it? Because I think they need to do something. And it sounds like maybe you'll take that shot. But as you alluded to, we'll talk more about that as the show goes on. Shout out to Steven Adams' screening, his rebounding, his above average defense, his passing, which is underappreciated. Yep. Steven Adams is one of the most important players on this team and him not being there is massively important. And it is a big deal 
for this team to not have Adams in the fold. We'll talk about the possibilities for the Grizzlies coming out of losing such an influential player for the season in Steven Adams next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is a wonderful application where you can go and find yourself all sorts of different types of tickets. You shouldn't feel rushed. You shouldn't feel like you don't have an opportunity to go to the events that you want to go to. You shouldn't have to think, am I going to see the game or the event the way that I want to see it? Game Time takes care of all of that for you. You can go and check out all the different events coming to your area. Last-minute tickets are available as well as flash deals. You get views from every single seat in the venue. Plus, they have the lowest price guarantee, which means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110%. That is a significant chunk of change. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code L O C K E D O N N B A for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, what if Memphis decides to do absolutely nothing? Which, in my opinion, is the most likely outcome. Maybe DeMichael uh, disagrees with me. We'll explore that further next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. It is I, Joe Mullinax of Bluff City Media. I'm the Memphis Grizzlies columnist for that website, joined by my co-host here on Lockdown Grizzlies, DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal in Memphis, Tennessee. He is the beat writer for that publication. I've been covering the Grizzlies since 2013. DeMichael, of course, with his access as a beat writer there at the Commercial Appeal. Third year, I believe, DeMichael. Tell me if I'm wrong on yeah. that. Third year Oh, you're right. You're Memphis. right. Third, third yeah. season, yes. Second full season. Well, you're from Memphis, but third third season, yeah, covering Mm -hmm. as a beat writer. Between the two of us is my point. You've come to the right place with Grizzlies content. Hopefully you'll make us your first stop each and every day here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Steven Adams is out. We talked about that in the first segment. We talked about the screening, the rebounding, the passing, the above-average defense, just the fact that he's elite at being big, right? I've talked about that all the time, And, and that's not meant as a slight on him. Like, that is a very valuable skill. And it helped the Grizzlies immensely. You could argue outside of Morant, Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr., Adams is the most important Memphis Grizzly. Now, Marcus Smart hasn't played yet. Maybe that adjusts. But, you know, Stephen Adams was number four, at least in terms of levels of importance. He's gone now. What do you do? I feel that the most likely scenario, and again, I can't wait for the last segment because that's where my brain gets flowing, as you know, partner. Yeah, but yeah. the most likely scenario is that they do nothing, right? That they sit. They have this depth. That doesn't mean that they couldn't do something later. That's important, right? I think Bobby Marks of ESPN outlined that once November 2nd hits here in a couple of weeks, they can add John Morant to the suspended list. They can add a player that way. They can apply for a disabled player exception. I might be saying that wrong. Yeah, Um, yeah, disabled player exception. Yeah, I wrote about that too. Yeah, so they could do that and open up a roster spot, save some money. They have the traded player exception, which you talked about in the previous segment. So there's a lot of things that they can do, right? Right. But this team very much believes in the roster that they've built. And in fairness to them, they've had a lot of success with the roster that they've built. They believe in Xavier Tillman Sr. They believe in Kenneth Lofton Jr. They believe in what they've got. This could open up opportunity for David Roddy at the four. If you're going to play Santi Aldama even as a center at times, it means Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have to play more center, which if you watch right. FIBA, that's not necessarily the best thing for the Grizzlies. Um, 
I, I am concerned to Michael that this is the route they're going to take because we've seen this song, this, this show before, right? We've watched it all since, you know, essentially March of last uh, season. And even before that, right. I think yeah. even into January and February, uh, Steven Adams was struggling with this. So mm-hmm. we, we, we've seen this before. We know how it ends. This is a team that has the potential to be a contender in the Western conference, even with John Moran suspension, I think the do nothing option would be a mistake, but I also think it's the most likely thing for them to do because of the depth that they have and because they believe so much in the people that they've brought into the organization. Yeah. And if they do nothing, Joe, I I think that's basically, you know, in a, in a way it's saying, Hey, we're, we're fine with just making the playoffs this year. And I, and that's, I agree completely. I I want to stress you're exactly right. And I don't think that's the mentality around here. Uh, and that's, I, I hope that's, you're right. That's kind of, you know, you, you bring in Derrick Rose ain't, ain't coming here. What He said he ain't coming here to babysit. You know what else he ain't coming here to do? To win 40 games and be, you know, a seventh or eighth seed and potentially miss the playoffs uh, because of a play-in. Like, he ain't coming here to do that. Marcus Smart uh, is pretty much second-round Eastern Conference Finals uh, his entire career. And he ain't coming here to be, you know, a 42-win team and to sneak into playoffs as an eight seed and be a first-round exit. Like, those, those guys, aren't, they weren't brought in for that. They are brought in to be uh, potential needle-moving pieces that can get the Grizzlies to the next level, out of that first round to the second round, uh, potentially Western Conference Finals, championship contention, all of that good stuff. Uh, Xavier Tillman Sr., this is the good, you know, with that situation. The good is you saw 29 starts last season. Not just 29 starts, but a, a lot of that was, you know, with Santi Aldama and Jaron Jackson Jr. operating as the other primary two bigs. A, a, a decent amount of that was with Brandon Clark still healthy. But from March, from March on, mid-March, that is, uh, that was pretty much, you know, those three guys were your main three bigs. Now we know this will probably create opportunity for Kenneth Lofton Jr. a little bit. We kind of talked about, you know, can he take advantage of the opportunity? Well, guess what? We're going to find out now. Uh, he, he will at least be slated in there uh, somewhere. But at the end of the day, we know what you're going to get with Xavier Tillman. And here's the positive on that. The Grizzlies, 29 games last year with Xavier Tillman starting at center. They went 18 and 11, Joe. You maintain that pace. Uh, you're one of the top teams in the Western Conference, at least record-wise in the regular season. Sure. Now, here's, now here's the downside. The downside is the playoffs because that's what right. that's that's what we're talking about, right, Joe? Like we, the regular season success, I've said it all summer. It's ooh, ho-hum. Like it, it doesn't mean anything around here anymore. You can go win the Southwest Division and win 53 games this season. No one's going to care if you get eliminated in the first round again. Like it's not going to matter. So uh, – I do think they're positioned well to continue the regular season success, but we know that weaknesses, uh, small weaknesses in the regular season, turn into big weaknesses in the playoffs. And a big potential weakness for this team could be rebounding. You know, and you know, I think Kenneth Lofton Jr. will see what his role looks like, but he he has shown me at every stretch up to this point that he can be a great rebounder, but he has other deficiencies in his game where a team may say, we're going to play him off the court to take away his rebounding you know, ability. Xavier Tillman Sr., his defensive versatility is up there with the best on the Grizzlies. Uh, he, he is uh, great there. Another thing I like about Xavier Tillman's game, go look at the top screen assist guys from the first round of the playoffs last year. 
that mm-hmm. is something I've said in the locker room with him and talked about this. How you know he tries to pick up these little things from Stephen Adams Jr. and what I mean from Stephen Adams, not Stephen Adams Jr. Oh, <laughs> from, <God. laughs> from Stephen Adams. And one of those little things that X tries to pick up is the screen assist part of the game. And we saw that, you know, as the season went on and he got better at it. And in the playoffs, he was really good in that area. It was kind of an underrated part, you know, mm-hmm. of that first round playoff series. He was really good in that area. So you get the screen assist. Uh, Xavier Tillman is a solid playmaker. We know Kenneth Lofton Jr. can score the basketball. The one thing that you really need is a big time rebounder. And Jaron hasn't proven to be that yet. Santi hasn't proven to be that yet. Uh, X hasn't proven, you know, X is solid. You know, he's going to rebound well against certain matchups, but when he goes against Anthony Davis, we saw how that played out. Uh, And Kenneth Lofton Jr., from what we've seen, he can rebound, but he has deficiencies in other areas where teams may say, hey, we're going to play him off the floor uh, from this standpoint. So uh, I think the Grizzlies, at the end of the day, they want to move the needle. They don't want to settle here. And if they want to move the needle, something else got to be done. But you can survive. My point is you can survive the regular season with X and Lofton. But if you want bigger and better, you got to do something else. Let's say the Grizzlies are the two seed again. Right, just yeah. for hypothetical reason. Let's give Denver the benefit of the doubt, unlike TNT. Right, TNT doesn't even include Jokic Man. Uh, in in their graphic. Uh, they say he's a horse rider. Ride. He he yeah. he's riding horses. There's nothing marketable about. That's what the people are saying, man. <laughs> so anyway, so let's give the Nuggets more of the benefit of the doubt than TNT does, and say they're the one seed. Let's say Memphis yep. is the two seed again. Right. Yep. Yep. That means you've got the Warriors, you've got the Lakers, you've got the Clippers, you've got the Suns. You've got the Timberwolves. You've got the Kings. What's the point I'm trying to make? This year, more than any year, I would argue, assuming health, the play-in, and it happened last year to us, right, in terms of the Grizzlies losing to the seven-seeded Lakers, Yeah, there's no upset except maybe Denver as the reigning champion. From two to ten, at least two to eight, it's a gauntlet in terms of teams that are pretty comparable. Only a few games are going to separate them throughout the entire season. So you're right. Could the Grizzlies be the four or five seed with Xavier Tillman as their starting center? Yeah, I think that's possible. Are they going to lose in the first round? Yeah, I would almost (laughs) certainly pick anybody to beat the Memphis Grizzlies in a first-round playoff series if Xavier Tillman is their starting center. That's just the reality, and it's not a knock on X. I think X is a really good NBA reserve big. For sure. That's what he needs to be. He can't be a starter in a playoff series if you want to go on a championship, even just to get to the Western Conference Finals. If that's the goal, to be in the NBA's Final Four, and if you lose to the Nuggets or the Suns or the Warriors or the Lakers, there's Mm -hmm. not really shame in that because they're positioned differently than Memphis right now. But I think the goal is the Western Conference Finals. And if that's the goal, you're not getting there as you're currently constructed. So with that in mind, DeMichael and I coming up next here on Lockdown Grizzlies are going to look at some outside options. What can Memphis do? Should they go big? Should they go small? What could they potentially bring to the table to change things? So it sounds like DeMichael and I are on the same page. Regular season-wise, Memphis is probably fine. It's not like they're going to fall out of the playoffs. Memphis, in terms of the playoffs, they should be concerned, and there has to be some sort of change. What that change looks like, we'll talk about next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, I want to give a shout-out to the Lockdown Ultimate NBA Season Preview. It is here It is a six-episode series with all 30 of our Locked On NBA team shows. I've represented us here on Locked On Grizzlies on our show. I believe our title of our tier was What Are We or something like that. 
Um, and I was offended by that. If you listen to the show, you'll hear that. Um, but now it's even more fair with the Adams injury. Uh, from contenders to tankers, we go in-depth into the biggest storylines heading into the season. Catch all six episodes of Locked On NBA on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is also brought to you by FanDuel. It is obviously NFL football season time, and FanDuel is America's number one sports book, not just for the NFL, but overall. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options available, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Go visit FanDuel slash locked on right now. And as the NBA season kicks off here over the next couple of days, obviously you can lock into the NFL season as well. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Coming up next on Lockdown Grizzlies, options outside of the organization. Next, stick with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole. He, of course, for the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. I am the Memphis Grizzlies columnist for the uh, for Buff City Media. Excuse me. To Michael is the beat writer covering the Grizzlies for the CA. Um, you come to the right place in terms of Grizzlies content and coverage. Hopefully, you'll stick with us throughout the season to come. This is where I shine. Right for anybody that's followed yeah. my career, I've been doing this for ten years now. It's Joe Mullinax time. This right is here. armchair GM time, and nobody. I can confidently say this to Michael. Yeah, I have longevity. Me and Anthony saying we're kind of the last of the dying breed here. To yeah. use a, a wrestling reference, he's probably the Undertaker. I'm probably Triple H, in terms yeah. of the, the the last outlaws of the, yeah. the, the grit like and grind that. era when it comes to media. Um, untraditional media is probably the fairest way to put it. Um, but I love trades and nobody is good at pissing people off when it comes to this. Like me, somehow the magic fans found out that I want Wendell Carter jr. And oh, they were very boy. upset with me. That happened uh, in my mentions. I gotta, you, I gotta I, go I, look. I, yeah, I gotta go look. Me. I, I ignored it. Like I ignored it, which is growth for me. As you know, partner, that's growth. Um, I just, you know, put it aside and said, I'm not going to deal with this because it's hilarious to me that the Orlando magic who are going to be like the nine seed in the Eastern conference are like, no, let them have hope. Let them have oh, hope, Joe. So it's anyway, the preseason. Everyone's filled with hope right now. While I agree that the Grizzlies would have to overpay for Wendell Carter Jr., and they don't really overpay for anything, so they're probably not going to acquire him, Yeah. to me, there are varying levels to how they can pursue this. They could go swing big and get a Wendell Carter Jr., kind of address this and just be done with it, right? I think Time Lord, Robert Williams III there in Portland, who's probably much more realistic than the Magic trade. Um. I think that, you know, that would be another option in terms of addressing this and being done with it. And mm -hmm. one of the reasons Portland would be more realistic, at least in my opinion, is they're trying to be bad. So if you want to tag Brandon Clark or Steven Adams and a first round pick yep. and give it to Portland, I think they say yes. I don't think they say no because they are trying to be bad. So that makes them worse in this season. Brandon Clark would probably be more attractive to them than Adams. Adams is not quite in the same category as Clark for me because Adams' game is not as based on athleticism. You alluded to that earlier in the show. Yeah, yeah there it when is. When I put them in the, the same area. To be honest with you, no. Like, I, I would still put Clark in there before Adams because I'm just so terrified that his explosivity is not going to return. Adams can come back and still be elite at being big in 12 months, right? Like, I think he could still do that. Yeah. So I would start with Clark. If they wanted Adams, I'd, I'd go Adams instead of Clark, but I would start with Clark. Um, 
So anyway, I think Clark in a first rounder, uh, why would they say no? I- I'm not sure they would. Clint Capella, obviously, uh, I always mispronounce his name, and maybe you can do better than me, partner. I know they have a center behind Capella that yeah. – uh, they, they uh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That yeah. they – you know, I've watched him play. They probably want to play him more. You know, maybe moving on from Capella would make a lot of sense. And in terms of screening, rim running, rebounding, he checks a lot of those boxes. Right. Uh, So I think Capella makes a lot of sense. Isaiah Hartenstein up in New York would make a lot of sense. There's rumors there was interest there. Maybe you would know that a little bit more than me. Uh, There was interest there when Hartenstein was a free agent. Um, That's the rumor. Again, you you would have more insight on that. He doesn't play as much in New York. Mitchell Robinson would be awesome. But again, I think he's more untradeable than Wendell Carter Jr. The point I'm trying to make is there's options, right? I think there's possibility and there's differing levels of it, right? If they want to go all in and overpay, I want to stress that. While I disagree with anybody being untouchable that I just named, um, I think some would, you'd have to, you know, is three first round picks too much for Wendell Carter Jr.? Probably not, probably, right? Um, that's probably what it would take to get him from Orlando. Um is, you know, a Hartenstein, a, you know, Daniel Gafford. I think he's in Washington right now. Yeah. You know, there's there's names out there that make sense to add depth to that front court. Where would you land? Because it sounds like we're on the same page again. I don't think they're going to do anything. I hope I'm wrong. I want them to do something. What does that something look like to you? Here's where I am on, on this, uh, Joe. For one, uh, I want to preach to the fan base the idea of patience. I Which I not, am not good at. That is not yeah, my I, I do not expect some big swing right now uh, by any stretch of the imagination. That's why a lot of people say, oh, well, why didn't you let you know uh, get this fixed in May? Because you have the full offseason to evaluate things. Uh, and like you said, and we, I agree with you, mm-hmm. in terms of the next couple of months, are, are they going to still probably be 14 and 11? Probably, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and getting to that point, the first 25 games, it kind of lead me into what I was going to say next. Remember, we've kind of touched on this from the point guard perspective. The Grizzlies, after five games, they will have the option to put John Morant on the suspension exempt list, which would create a 16th roster spot. That is huge for this team because if you go down the 15-man roster, sure, Joe Molinax can complain about John Conchar all he wants, but the Grizzlies like their 15 guys. It would right. be hard for them to part ways with any of those guys. The way Memphis can approach this, and this is what I think will eventually happen in some way, is early in the season, after the five games, uh, when they're able to you know, put John on the exempt list and get a 16th roster player, they may go in free agency and bring someone in. That player, whoever it is, will have a 20-game run with the Grizzlies, and Memphis can say, eh, Xavier Timmons is a much better fit than this guy. Let's part ways. Or they can say, man, this guy's been so good. We got to let one of the young guys go at the bottom of the roster and or whatever the case may be. And we got to roll with this guy. We got to sign him throughout the rest of the season. But they have the option of kind of using a trial run, you know, sort of speak, you know, early on in the season. That is kind of, I guess, the the gift within the curse of John Morant's uh, suspension. So You're exactly right. 
some names. You know, think of free agency. For one, we're talking about free agency. These are guys that teams let go the whole summer without picking up. Currently so unemployed. <laughs> so don't come at me, you know, hard with some of these names. But you're talking about guys like, you know, Nerlens Noel, who's a noted rim protector, uh, uh, can rebound a little bit, but nothing too crazy. Dwayne Dedman, known for his physicality, his toughness, really, you know, really solid screen setter, really solid rebounder. But you know, doesn't play in heavy dosages, you know, minutes wise up at this point of his career. Uh and, and Bismack Biombo, who played a prominent role on the Suns last season, started a lot of games, you know, when uh you know DeAndre Ayton, you know, was out. He also uh played a big role off the bench, you know, for that team and has played a prominent role on some other teams in the past. Very bouncy, you know, center, but he's another guy that's like six nine, but very good shot blocker a decent rebounder, all that good stuff. Uh, so you have some options from that perspective that you can go 20 games with. And then let's say those guys don't work out because I know no one's, you know, looking at those names and just salivating over them. So if none of those guys worked out, and I didn't I didn't say the flashier free agent names on purpose, Joe. That's, we, we'll address that later. But I know people want to say, oh, what about Dwight Howard? What about Boogie Cousins? It, We'll get to that another day, possibly. But as of for right now, the point I want to make is you have that situation solved uh, after the 20 games, and you say, hey, this isn't going to work. Well, guess what? At that point, it'll be January, which will be close to the trade deadline, You know, about a month before the trade deadline. You make it through January, guess what will happen? There will be more clarity in the playoff pitchers for teams. Absolutely. You, you mentioned the team – like the New York Knicks. Now I'm getting. Now I'm swinging on your side of things with the trade talk. I'm nice. getting there, Joe. It took me a little time to get there, but now I'm getting to your side. Uh, I think the trade deadline is a perfect time to kind of evaluate what to do because one, there will be more clarity in the playoff picture. We can say, oh, this player sounds good. This player sounds good. But in theory, right now, the only players that we can really uh, kind of, I guess, project to the Grizzlies are players that we know that are for certain on bad teams. There are players right now who are on really good teams and who, I mean, it's basketball, it's sports. Injuries happen, a little bloop and a little bop there. And one team that we're projecting to finish in the top five uh, is in the bottom five. And next thing you know, right. boom, some player that we had no clue was going to be available becomes available and the Grizzlies can be right there to pounce on it. They have that $7.5 million trade exception that they can package with whatever they want to potential pieces that they want to move in addition to that. And um, I think the names that you said are, are perfect uh, start for a starting point. You know, I, I like the Clint Capella, you know, example, Okungu is great over there, but Capella has two years left on this deal. I think, you know, kind of similar to OG Ananobi, that might be a guy that they look at moving next season uh, rather than this season because uh, the Hawks. But again, if the Hawks are bad and they look like they're going to be an eight or ninth seed again, then they say, you know what? The Grizzlies are giving us this nice offer. We got a good backup center. Let's go ahead and take it. That's one that stands out to me as well. Uh, there are a couple other teams. You mentioned the Knicks. What if the Knicks are bad again? Like, uh, what if the Knicks are uh, not again? What if the Knicks are worse? <laughs> uh, right. Last last season, they kind of fall off a little bit. And it's like, man, you know, Mitchell Robinson is, is a nice young piece, but he, he isn't developing on this thing. This Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randall core isn't working. You know, uh, the Grizzlies could be in position. I mean, he's making – Fifteen point eight million, I think, this season. Fifteen point right. seven million. That would be a contract that's not too hard to mm -hmm. get involved in. So uh, I think 
the players that you mentioned are, are really solid examples. I think of the teams that have center depth, like you mentioned, of uh, the Blazers having DeAndre Aiden and Robert Williams. So Robert Williams would make sense. Uh, a team like the Clippers, the Grizzlies have traded with them before, right? They got Zubak and Plumlee. We all know that they love to play small. So if both of those guys stay healthy, uh, why wouldn't the Clippers be opposed to say, hey, we will trade, you know, Plumlee, who's been a starter before and solid rebounder, very good athleticism, could come here. The Grizzlies another will have underrated options. passer too. Underrated passer, yeah, that's a, that's a sneaky skill for him. The thing is, everyone they'll 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 address the depth part of this probably in the early going, and we'll see how that works out. And then later on, they'll be in position to make a big swing if uh, if the need and the potential is out there. You're exactly right. Uh, and I, you know, it's a lot more fun when we disagree, but I, I think you nailed exactly what's going to happen. And to be honest with you, it's the, it's the right thing to do. Again, I want to go get Wendell Carter Jr., but that's not right now. logical <laughs> progression, right? Everything. Mm-hmm. And the key is the John Moran suspension, as you alluded to. It is the silver lining in this dark cloud because yeah. they don't even have to do the disabled player thing right now. They can just wait right. till Ja goes on that suspended list. And then for 20 games, fill that spot with a big. It can be whoever they want it to be that is currently a free agent. And obviously, teams are you know waving guys, making their rosters final. Maybe exactly. there's a surprise release that the teams you know don't, don't expect, and the Grizzlies can try to pick somebody up on waivers. There's so many options. Maybe they're calling teams and saying, hey, are you planning on keeping this guy? What's your plans right. for this guy? We'll give you a second-round pick just to give him to us instead of waving him. You know, there's all sorts of different ways this could work out. And I I do think that that's the smartest way to approach this. Because, again, we know that they can win regular season games without Steven Adams. That's not the issue. The issue is the playoffs. They have time to get there. But what could accelerate this conversation is if the absence of Morant and Adams both leads to them starting slow. Like if they're two and eight through their first 10 games, that might accelerate the timeline here. Right. And I do think that's important, but if they're five and five, six and four, four and six, even, mm-hmm. I don't know that they hit a panic button. I think they do exactly what you just alluded to short-term mm-hmm. depth, reevaluate when job returns heading into January. You know, we've talked about that before. My, my usual line is call me at Christmas because yeah. of the Moran suspension. It's call me at Dr. King day, basically. <laughs> and when they get to that point, it's going to be right around the trade deadline. There's there's progression that they can go through, and that's a positive of the Morant situation, which is weird to say out loud. Obviously, we're going to be talking more about this Adams situation as the season unfolds. Of course, we're going to be talking more about season predictions. We probably need to get to that on our Tuesday episode of the show, partner, talking yeah. about uh, you know, our overall time. thoughts. Yep, because we're two days away now, right, from mm-hmm. opening night for the Memphis Grizzlies in particular. The NBA returns on Tuesday with a national slate, and then everybody's playing on Wednesday night, except for those teams that are playing the Tuesday game. Uh, everybody's up on Wednesday, and Memphis is included in that as they take on the New Orleans Pelicans. So we'll talk a little bit more about Steven Adams. We'll take a look at overall projections where we have the Grizzlies landing in the Western Conference on our next episode. Thank you so much for joining us on this particular episode. Please like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as over on YouTube. We are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. For DeMichael Cole, I am... You are Locked On Grizzly. By all means, make sure that you are doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing and not changing that dial. 
We are part of your Grizzlies experience each and every day that you allow us in here on Locked on Grizzlies. Catch you next time.